0: Welcome to punks in pubs my name is liam bird how are you how are tricks for everyone i hope you're all well with a smile on your face and a bounce in your step. if not i hope this episode of punks in pubs will bring the sunshine into your life because with summer fast approaching i thought it's time that punks in pubs bust out that reggae scar episode but before all that let me talk about our um, up and coming trip to Germany that I spoke about back in episode 36 so Punks and Pubs will be heading off to Berlin for a few days to talk to the owner and creator of the world famous Ramones Museum in Berlin very excited about that I'm also hoping to maximise my time in Berlin by talking to one other person while I'm in that great city but that might not happen because it's not been confirmed yet so I don't want to talk about it too much so this trip is solely for you guys i'm not going to berlin on a jolly i'm not going for work this is purely for the fact that i want to bring you an interview that i think you'll enjoy that's why i'm asking you to head over to etsy and pick up a punks in pubs t-shirt and support the podcast with a little cash the podcast is purely me myself and i so any support you can give me by picking up a t-shirt would be much appreciated if you don't have the cash fuck it don't worry about it guys and you can help the podcast in your own way why not tell four friends about the podcast or go leave a rate and review in itunes it all helps you know every little helps right now let's crack on with episode 37 of punks and pubs This episode was recorded back in late 2018 in the basement of Islington Academy. We didn't go to the pub because on the day it was like fucking thrashing it down with rain uh, and we didn't want to get wet. So we stayed in the venue and my guests in the basement of Islington Academy are Dabs and Tommy of the Scar Reggae Collective, Newtown Kings. Now, the Newtown Kings are a band that I saw on the off-chance when I was wandering around Rebellion Festival and instantly enjoyed their vibe. So this chat is very much about me discovering the band. If you're already a fan of Newtown Kings, then you may hear some things that you've heard before, but I'm sure you'll also hear some things that you haven't. But for everyone else who's new to this band, This is basically an interview where we'll both discover the band together. So what can you expect from my chat with Dabs and Tommy? Well, you can expect the hard-hitting journalistic questions that you now expect from this podcast, like... Does weather affect their musical tastes? Well, hard question. Away from these award-winning questions. Uh, we also speak about the link between reggae and punk and taking inspiration from both the genres. Dabs talks about the work and ethic that goes into actually making a good album and why doing it the DIY way is probably the right way to do it nowadays. Dabs also explains what it was like joining Newtown Kings because uh, the band had already been established uh, six years prior with a different singer. So he he talks about that process of being a new guy and uh, trying to be the frontman of a band that he didn't really establish, or coming into somebody else's yard and playing with their toys and trying to make those toys your toys, if that makes sense. Anyway... Dabs explains it a lot better than me. Uh, Tommy talks about the uh, process of actually finding Dabs involves Gumtree. Weirdly, uh, also Tommy talks about getting tips and inspiration from artists like the Slackers, the Skins, and Agarlights. You will also hear stories about being mugged off by other bands. And I asked Dabs and Tommy how a band of eight members get paid because, hey. You need to get paid if you're playing you know This it's a job it's a job being in a band is a job heads up on this episode it's a little all over the shop with the volume uh, the reason for this I'm completely blaming the boys uh, Tommy was sitting a little away from Dabs and at times Dabs forgot to ram the mic into Tommy's face so you may have to ride the volume controls a little bit apologies in advance I've tried to fix it but I'm sure uh, there will be a few issues along the way as always your band plays out the show and we keep that Scar Reggae sound flowing with a band from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I think that's how it's pronounced, Harrisburg. They are called Thinks Constant. Uh, so stick around for that. But before that, there's this. People, I give to you episode 37 of Punks and Pubs with myself, Dabs, and Tommy of Newtown Kings. I will catch up with you after the chat. <laughs> Fuck
1: the fire by my cigarette lighter Cold
0: fire every day, the police
1: and a doctor Head 15 DC better get a respirator Cause you take my breath away? Go get to me in the mood too Jump off the stage, get twisted with you Yes, I'm a creature of the night too Do you wanna share a dream or two? Another red, red moon I hope to see you soon Luna rose up, come deal with the kings Gonna show you brand new things Another red, red moon I hope to see you soon Shining bright in the sky, there's so many reasons why she makes me summer, summer, love my Spanish drama. I ain't getting more, but like a No, I can't help feeling the heat like a shotgun jump up out of my señorita, más bonita, got me searching for the way to meet ya. Red fire, celestial, wanna tell you you're incredible. Another red, red moon, I hope to see you soon.
2: Ba-ba-ba. You want me to keep
0: talking? No, no, no. We're done now, mate. Keep the, keep the gold until Shut up uh, we start talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are downstairs at um, the Islington Academy. Usually we do do these in a bar, but Dabs is drinking and uh, Tommy's got a tea because it's fucking hailing it down outside. It's disgusting weather, which is unusual for talking to a band who usually bring the sunshine with your sound. Uh, That is such a cheesy intro. Uh, So I am sat with uh, Dabs and Tommy from the Newtown Kings. Sorry, Newtown Kings, not the Newtown Kings. I mean, it says Newtown Kings on all the literature, so I'll go with that one. But you would have to ask somebody
2: else to be 100% sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not just going to start adding the onto to it. uh, Because I've interviewed bands before and you put a the in front of it and it infuriates them. Because obviously... It's it's not their name. Tommy, when you talk, if uh Dabs if you can obviously bring be. it to him.
2: Oh, any excuse. Right.
0: Um, so I must admit, uh I'm pretty new to the band. Uh I I saw you guys at this year's Rebellion Festival randomly when I was going from room to room and you caught my attention and I stuck through the set and it was amazing. I loved the energy that you brought and he, and clearly everyone else there did because I think it's hard at a punk festival when you you do have a different sound that's not just oi. It can be hard to get the band and your uh, the the audience on your side. But you did that. I mean, how do you find playing those kind of festivals whereabouts and not necessarily your crowd, but they're they're digging it? Well, I think the band's got quite a good following among the
2: punk scene anyway, haven't we? Like, and obviously, I mean, probably we talk about it later, but there is all the crossover between reggae and punk. But um, it's the same at Boomtown as well, actually. Because we always end up at um, Last Gang, yeah, with Last Gang.
3: Of punk promoters, we? Yeah.
2: Used. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, musically there's a good crossover, I think, just because of a lot of the scar we play as well. It's like quite upbeat and stuff. But um yeah, it was always really flattering to be asked though, to be honest, just because yeah. you know, I think we were the only non punk band to play like the, the Empress Ballroom stage this year, for example, you know. And, and that's a big room as well. Yeah. Big room. But yeah. like, but you know, good crowd. Um you've got, got to love a punk crowd as well, you know, because like people really get into the music. So yeah. But yeah, I don't know, it just kind of it fits for us and people kind of Often give us quite good feedback in these punky places as well. So I think kind of, yeah, there's like a, a little bit inside every single punk that like wants a bit of the old reggae and ska. You know, I think <laughs> it kind of just, yeah, just they go hand in hand, don't they?
0: And uh, what about you guys? Do you, do you like, did you check out any of the punk acts that were playing on that day? Because you guys played on the Thursday, which had like Menzingers, Bad Cop, Bad Cop. This is off the top of my head. uh we saw
3: a few bits down there, didn't we? We saw a lot of uh, Random Hand. Yeah. We saw down there. Played with in the past, good yeah. friends with, and uh idea. idea. They were well. actually playing. The, they were playing the little thing next to the. Oh, okay. house, one six. So Dabs,
0: yeah. when he, when he's talking, he's to push it right into his face. I'll get right in. Front yeah. of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not the first time I've been told that.
3: So. <laughs> 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 yeah, but most of them bands like Pizza Tramp. Uh, Wonk Unit there are a lot of the bands that we've played with Wonk Unit awesome band yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean Pizza Tramp I never saw before either and they played their show without their normal drummer and they still fucking killed still it, it yeah, yeah still smashed <laughs> it and I just like the fact that even though they probably weren't playing their 100% they didn't give a fuck and they just played their music and the I feel like again that kind of punk ethic of well you're making noise we kind of dig this noise so we're going to show our appreciation by dancing around Yeah, so exactly. it's quite fun we were talking about the weather and how the weather right now is shit. But I mean, for you guys, does weather affect your musical tastes? Like, or is it always, like you always with the reggae? Or if it's like shit like this now, you like, bring on the doom music.
2: <laughs> I mean, I suppose probably subconsciously the weather's a factor, you know? But like a lot of the time you kind of, it depends on the gig, you know? Like so tonight, for example, we're playing with Imperial Leisure. So I don't know, we probably play a little bit more scar than we might do. Like, it just really depends on the, you know the kind of vibe that you get often we'll have a set list and like maybe you look out and the audience is kind of you know vibing something else so we might change it around a little bit but it's good to have enough songs in the bank so you can kind of jump in and out of a few different styles you know just uh it depends on the crowd you know like if we're playing loads of reggae and it's like you know everyone's kind of a bit sedate then we'll bring it up a little bit but yeah you just got to read the moment so
0: so how do you find playing support because you guys have supported some like some amazing bands which we'll talk about later on but how do you find coming on stage and reading the audience is that something like is that part of the enjoyment going okay you guys aren't moving now but you wait 15 minutes i'm gonna get you guys dancing on your ass
2: i like it and we've got quite a heavy start to our set as well haven't we yeah. so often we kind of shock people into it but um yeah it's like anything often with the support it's like you've not got quite as much time as well so there's an element of like um as a front man you don't get quite as much audience engagement time, you know, you can't yeah. kind of sit there and tell that story about your granny that kind of you know <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. And people need to know stories about my granny, so like we try to only play headline sets. But um yeah, I don't know, I think like um there's a few differences like when you're playing a support store, isn't there, you know, you know there's you kind of yeah, you actually you are the warm up band.
3: So yeah, yeah, you want to you want to play a bit of ska, you want to play a bit of reggae, you want to you know yeah. wind it up and down a bit. About you know forty-five minutes, you have got to try and cram it into that. Yeah. You got to go for the selection.
2: That's it, and as well, there's just that reality that kind of what you if you're going to be successful like i'm thinking of times you know when we've gone supporting the slackers or the aquilites you know like bands that we're really kind of big fans of ourselves like there's that element of um first of all there's potentially like new audience you know because like i mean maybe not so much with those kind of bands but when there's like genre crossovers then you've potentially got a new audience there and like you know so it's nice to showcase your music to new people i think when you're playing like that kind of a set you want always have in the back of your mind that you're like warming up for someone else you know so you, what you want to do is big up the next band really you know so you want to kind of play a set that kind of readies the people for what's coming so like so you might not maybe play every now and then you might not play like you know your big banger at the end that you would do just you know it's that, that kind of thing obviously you don't do an encore as well you know so there's a few little differences but it's all just music really at the end of the day you know <laughs> like it's what it comes down to like, so,
0: so there's no element of Follow that, like when you're supporting. Do you see it as okay? This is our role. Our role is to make sure the crowd are ready for the next band. But you don't see it as we're here to make fans. We're here to be the best and fucking show you why we should be headlining.
2: Most of the time, when we're doing these kind of shows, it's kind of with bands that we know that are mates so that we kind of respect and this, that, the other. I'm sure there's been times, you know, yeah, <laughs> they, that's you that's know, yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. It, this it's always there, yeah. of course, because it's in the back of your mind, you know. But by the same token, it's like. I just, yeah, I don't know. You You've be the you there's you there's, there's out not many people. There's not many bands that don't always have a sense of right. We're on stage now. This is our time. This is what we're doing, and you're here to see us. You know, and like I so say, yeah, there is that thing. But it's bit you know if you, for example, you know if you walk in and like I won't name any names. If you walk into a venue, ah, name names. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've got such a bad memory, and <laughs> sorry, it's all the drinking and stuff. Like um. But you know, you know, sometimes you might walk in. I remember there was once that we did a, uh, a gig with, again, an unnamed, uh, thing. And I remember Stu asking for an autograph because he was really like into oh, yes. the band. Uh, oh, yes. And the said person just like mugged him off. He was like, no, no. you know, <laughs> and when, when Stu told me that. He his vinyl, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh. And you know, like, and how often, how often, you know, cause there's like, Oh, there's musicians all have egos, you know. It's just natural, is it? And like, so there's an element of like, you know, if you go up to someone and say, "Hey, man, you guys are brilliant. We're big fans. Can I just get an autograph?" You know, you're putting yourself in a position like where you're kind of like being deferential to that person, hmm. you know, you're saying, "Well done, bro. I like your career." So if they turn around and they mug you <laughs> off, you know, that was. Remember, Stu told me that before we were on the stage. I was like, "Right, I'm gonna smash these guys right into <laughs> yeah. the next door." Now. No one's, no one's gonna remember their band name after tonight. You watch, you know. But so those kind of things do happen, you know. But I always just think, you know, at the end of the day, we probably, if not very often, that we'll ever kind of do a support show if it's not a band that we think, yeah, we, you know, we like these you guys, you know, yeah. You talk about- yeah and it's not yeah. it's not always about the size of band either we've done supports for bands that kind of might be traditionally considered like less known bands than us as favours you know like that I met my girlfriend Sophie in Cardiff at one of them didn't yeah, I yeah. you know and, like, and so you sometimes for itself.
0: Yeah. there you go see <laughs> got a family and everything now
2: Just imagine that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the point is you know it's like uh, we're all grown up, you know, and so everyone knows what the situation is, and like we're just really we got a good stage show as well, you know. So we always know live that it's going to be a time. That's one of the biggest compliments I think we've had as the band. You know, like uh, the Slackers. The amount of times the Slackers have said to us that you know, anytime we, you support us we really have to turn our game on, you know? And to
3: hear that from a band that you've looked up to for, like, 20 years, you know, that's... Yeah, my favourite band in the world. Yeah. Oh, really? OK, yeah, 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 It's great to be able to sort of play with them, get feedback from them, and yeah. like, and form a friendship with them as well, you know? They, they give us advice, don't they? Exactly. And they, they help us out. It kind of inf- it, it informs on the kind of band that you're going to be, you know? So maybe...
2: Next time you're in the studio, you think, "Oh, yeah, that tune was." It's been a couple of times actually when we've listened to songs of ours afterwards. Going, oh, hang on. Oh, <laughs> it's like you know they've come from different angles. So I might have written a lyric. Somebody will come with like a chord progression. Somebody else will come with a little like horn line or whatever, and they all come together. You finish the song, you're like, "Oh, hang on, that's somebody else's song." <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: My king's versatile, keep it coming back again Not competition, we ain't playing any games Don't wait, for the industry to change What's my name say? That's man, pull up on a silence Been around no more for coming back home to my island Got a lifelong principle of non-violence mistake it for weakness, you better seek guidance Reach out, new time my kingdom will come if you're not ready, better get up and run, because we're reaching for our destination. Reach out, new town, our kingdom will come. If you're not ready, better get up and run, because we're reaching for
0: our destination. I love this audience. Uh, we've, I've got more of a listenership in America than I do in the UK, which what up US annoys me a little bit. But that's not to say I don't disappear <laughs> stick around but, <laughs> but i mean for like the american audience you've spoken about the slackers who are a band that you you see as kind of like your spiritual leader like sound and oh, stuff one yeah one of yeah. i mean how would you describe your sound for people because i feel it's easier coming from you than rather than me going you guys sound like this and you guys sound like this yeah. it's easier coming from you guys and he we're, we're shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly,
2: <laughs> like I, I, it's embarrassing sometimes. Like, yeah. No, nah. i
3: from the same camp as a lot of that, um, like Hepcat Slackers, Agroline, Westbound Train. Westbound like. Train, like that. Like for me personally, that stuff was a really big influence. So it's, I'd say it's a lot more along, you know, like the the Trada, scar. Than the two tone or the sort of punkier influence. Yeah, it's a lot of trad. But
2: and, we do also. I mean, we play a fair bit of reggae, you know, and like um, yeah, rhythm,
3: anyway.
2: yeah, definitely. And we kind of, I consider us to be like you know part of a tradition in the UK as far as that's concerned. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we're like a part of the history. I suppose every band is on a level, you know. But like you can clearly trace like how the reg reggae music in the uk is kind of coming to what it is now and there's like and we've got a bit of a unique kind of vibe to some some of our ska stuff as well you know like the borderline luna rosa reach out those songs have kind of there's a bit of a hip hoppy drummy element to them as well you know and like yeah and it's interesting we're kind of trying to forge like not consciously you know but like i was listening back to some of our rehearsals this morning actually just like looking for some stuff for the next like ep and um, Yeah, there's definitely kind of like a a bit of like a... There's some balls in there, you know, with some of the songs that we've got. With
3: with like the ska and the reggae and everything, we're trying to make it as traditional and like bring new elements to it, but we want to pay homage to like, you know, like the ska beat, the proper scatterlight swinging ska beat and things like that. And reggae, like we want to make it as authentic as we can, but still sort of put our own... You can only put your own hands on it, can't you? Yeah. We want to sort of pay homage to that sound as much as possible. I
0: know? mean, like the traditional British ska reggae. You just said, like you get more into your reggae. How would you explain that to the audience who may not be a massive reggae fan, but they're they're a fan of like the specials, the selector, and they probably class that as ska reggae of a British yeah. sound. I mean, what's the difference between that and a more Caribbean Which reggae are, sound? That's
3: that's another really like interesting one because how fan base has predominantly been punks we've mainly been playing punk venues the whole time really filled that crowd it's been interesting watching some of them coming from punk backgrounds then finding bands like the specials and then they find their way into sort of studio one material jack and me too and stuff like this and before you know it, they've there's, I can think of a few people. that have come on this journey with us, so that's where we sort of fundamentally started. And then you find yourself getting further and further into this huge body of Jamaican music and, you know, traditional, you know, traditional ska and reggae, and some of the modern stuff like Protégé and Chronix and stuff like that. You find yourself sort of—it's like a gateway drug. The ska, <laughs> yeah. Before you know it, you're a full-blown yeah, yeah. reggae head, and you, your you're, you're dubbing out in the corner, it's <laughs> <laughs> But that's what it's like and it's been cool seeing punks come on that journey with us because throughout the albums, like this album in particular, being the most reggae thing we've done, it's great seeing some guys that have been there from the start who, when we started experimenting with reggae, they were a bit like, oh, you know, I'm not sure, we want a bit of two tone these up, you know, <laughs> and then, yeah, they've come the whole journey with us and now they're enjoying sort of roots, roots
0: reggae, it's good. You guys are a huge band like for the sense of there's eight of you. How does shit get done? Because eight people, booking tours, getting time off if some of you have full-time work, families, that must be difficult and must be pressure as well. Like any other band who may be a three- or four-piece, you guys have got double that. So, I mean, how do you deal with that?
2: You kind of hit the nail on the head there when you said about, like, difficult you know because it is but i i think i was saying to the boys this morning like it's kind of like a family really isn't it yeah. you know there's that reality like you might not see each other for a few weeks at a time you know like and yeah everyone's got other like you know, work solo projects kind of family kids all of that stuff you know and like and it does all add up but always in the back of them mo- you know always in the diary first and foremost you know, <laughs> you know you've know, you got like kind of well, i have to be in this part of the country at this time but I just think kind of you make it happen and it goes in cycles, you know, so obviously pre production of album, recording an album, then post production, that's sort all of stuff where you definitely need to make the time to find you know, to be around each other. And then often you'll have maybe a little couple of quietish months, you know, where everyone kind of goes, Right, I best kind of I don't know, kind of propose to the missus, so messy,
3: you know? <laughs> that when someone yeah. gets really busy and can't do something, like, right, yeah. there will always be some...
2: But we all take a really active role with, like, the management side of things as well. So, you know, I mean, obviously we have agents that we work with, but we all, like, chuck in with a bit of booking, like, you know, everyone chucks in the songs. Every now and then, you know, like, if three or four songs come up and everyone's, like, really keen, it's like, right, we we'll get in the studio then, you know? So it's like, you just make it happen and, like, you put yourself under pressure and having that many people on a team it kind of it's always easier to do stuff if you know you've got more people that kind of are dependent on you to do it you know yeah exactly yeah.
0: but I suppose also there's also that risk element of someone else just letting everyone else down because you rely on each other doing their job I mean essentially like a centipede if one yeah. leg isn't working the band can fall apart so I mean how do who's the whip who's the person who's the coach we all whip yeah
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, yeah. Like, over the years it's become more of a thing like <laughs> It used to be a few of us dealt with certain things, but you burn out, like, and, and you've got personal lives going on, things you know different mm-hmm. stuff. So you, you're each other's whips. When someone drops the ball, you're not there to sort of get on each other's case and go, "Oh, you've done something wrong,": Well, yeah. to- that does happen as well.: yeah. <laughs> But the, the general thing, yeah. isn't it, is like, OK, look, he's not dealing with this at the moment can we help you out with this? And, yeah. and everyone whips each other. And if yeah, someone's really straying out of line, they've got seven people to turn around. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the overriding reality. The reality is like, nobody will ever miss a
2: gig. Nobody will ever miss like a rehearsal if it's booked. You know, if, we've, we've got, if we put, took time out to make a video, then everyone's going to contribute to kind of the process. You know, it does always happen. And yeah, like sometimes your life circumstances mean you can't be doing so much. So like a couple of years ago, I was booking loads of gigs, for example, then I had a baby and then I was like Do you know what booking gigs is a pain in the ass man It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all of a sudden a few other people are booking gigs yeah. you know and it just and it goes that way and like because like I say it's family at the end of the day and so you know someone's washing the dishes while someone's like you know right. taking the dog out for a walk you know that kind of thing <laughs> like, yeah. so yeah I think we all kind of just about manage like, but we could be better though and that's the reality as well isn't it like you know the more exactly and yeah. so we're always trying striving towards that kind of like well okay how can we make this more efficient more productive how can we get more music out you know i think that's what it always
3: comes down to still we'll like... keep it fun, isn't it? the whole idea yeah, yeah, yeah. is that yeah. we have a we have a great time doing this yeah. so yeah we we keep trying to do it and make sure that we can always record the next album play the next show isn't it, that's yeah. it man.
0: so okay so let's talk about you two in particular i mean What about music? Who was the people who introduced you to your music? Was it always a reggae family or was it soul or was it actually punk? I mean, what what, what was your background? Who introduced you to the music that you listen to now?
3: Well, I was like, I've been mainly from a punk background. I was in a band called ICH back in the day, like just some anarcho-punk stuff. With me, Roach and Rob, the percussion player and guitarist, we play a punk band as well called The Wreck-Up. So we do love our punk. Yeah. But again, punk and, punk and scar they go hand in hand. You're always listening to them both and... Just gone further into a, a reggae hole. The older I've got, the <laughs> more, I've
0: it's down. mellowed out a little bit more. So, so who's the person who actually introduced you to that music? Then was it? If you you're from like quite a, like, is music oh, man, really actually. deep into your family core? I was really
3: big into my Motown. My mum was always apparently when I was in the womb, I'd be busting out little moves when when the Motown come on. Like, Sorry, really Dabs, can you just pushed right into his face. There you go. <laughs> I was really into the Motown and that sort of vibe, but. I don't know. I think music's just the whole thing, isn't it? My mum played me a load of reggae. She had a load of like reggae. What are they called? Were they Tighten Up? The Tighten Up volumes. Loads of like different uh,
0: compilations of old reggae and stuff.
3: But yeah, probably my mum and dad.
0: So what was the punk album that grabbed your attention? Is it Dookie? Because everyone's no, Dookie, I, so it's okay no, if it's Dookie. I not Dookie. Um,
3: probably Rancid. I think yeah. it was Rancid Outcome The Wolves just completely kicked it out of the ballpark. So it sounded like really. It's got all the elements of a British punk, um, but all the production of the American <laughs> punk. <guys>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, it was perfect. Yeah, I really loved Rancid, and but then like before that it was UK subs and bands like that. My again, my dad playing me. Bands like UK subs loved all of that, all that stuff.
0: And you're Essex based, yeah. So, I mean, from that from that town that you, you might have had like a, the Chelsea's and GBH and that kind of sound, Is, was that around you what, like or sort
3: of the more oi, yeah, the sort of more like yeah. London
0: oi push, pushing yeah, out to the yeah. suburbs of like Essex well, and stuff. ICH,
3: we were a bunch of dreadlock guys and we were playing oi music, it was yeah. it was really good because coming from Essex and from all that that whole sound
0: were people confused in the audience like what the fuck some of the bookings we got we'd turn up and it's like what the fuck
1: are you not doing now? <laughs>
3: Yeah, to had head set on fire but it's good when we started playing it would all, all change Yeah, nice and heavy and all. yeah, 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 yeah. what are you Dabs um
2: bro oh, man it's always been music in my
3: world so I like I grew up in Slough like west
2: London just west of London and there's like quite a Right, right the way through west london there's like quite a tradition of obviously there's like a lot of immigration there so i kind of and i grew up listening to a lot of dance or reggae like um yeah my uncle was and misty and roots so like there was always been like reggae you know dance kind of vibes in the uk and that period of time as well when those guys first kind of rocked up you know late 70s you know obviously you've got like it's like wh- that's when like the punk reggae kind of crossover thing kind of really started to happen wasn't yeah. it there was like as i understand it like there's uh, what's the club called now the punk club don Letts used to dj there um i can't remember what it's called off at the roxy i can't remember man like late 70s anyway but point was like he used to play a lot of reggae as a dj in between yeah. like punk sets um yeah i think he was uh bob marley's dealer as well back in the yeah. day you know so any kind of know yeah, bob marley as well the punky reggae song yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of period of time and then you've got bands like you know the clash um all these guys that are kind of started to add like reggae kind of songs on their albums you know like and i think it kind of it's kind of rooted in that kind of you know that transitional period in like society where people were getting used to kind of you know obviously there was the mass migration in the 50s and 60s and stuff and so people were kind of getting used to and then there's you know like the no blacks irish and dog signs as well so you know punk music has kind of come out of uh like a history of like basically like poor working class like white people you know kind of essentially, and then you've got the kind of equivalent in terms of the migrants that have kind of arrived and so there's a real kind of uh, uh, you know like a uh oh, what's the word I'm looking for like they they had the same kind of problems you know the yeah. same kind of root kind of issues etc cetera, etc cetera, counter counter establishment all that kind of stuff yeah. and I think all of that kind of you know when you kind of share like when you share troubles you know it's very easy to kind of like share music and then like always this you know the skinhead movement as well and all that kind of stuff and how those you know there's all those musics kind of started to come one together but so for me personally I kind of grew up like in the 80s and 90s with that backdrop of that and like, so that's always like, yeah, reggae and dancehall was always just like a given, you know, it's always just been kind of central part of like my existence. I've got really broad musical taste there, man. I love, it. I always say, even like music or you like a type of music, you know? And so I'm really into loads of music. I don't know about Latin or like Latin, I like hip hop, I like a bit. It's like it all, man. You know, if music is done well, like, you should be able to appreciate it regardless yeah. of what your genre is like, yeah. you know, the thing that really moves you. But I think with punk and reggae in a way, in ska, they share that kind of, that, uh, having come from a position of people feeling like as if their rights have been trampled on, you know, as if they've not got any, you know, and just saying fuck you to the system essentially because like, so there's a lot of people with a lot of struggles in this world, you know, and there's a lot of, like, and so music has a really important role in that, you know, it kind of it, it's helped to bring people together so much, you know.
0: Definitely. But, you know, I, I do believe that the the, the 80s ska-punk merge, like, yeah. I, I, I definitely think that's that brought race relations within this country like you said like the
2: rock against racism stuff in the
0: 70s and 80s and all that stuff that was punk
2: bands and reggae bands man you know and like so they're kind of really helping to build bridges in these communities
0: but then i am speaking like as for a white british person but i I feel like it did bring race relations five years ten years forward Whereas if we didn't have that kind of mix of music and and the boom of ska we, we probably wouldn't be in a position whereabouts now we're talking about race a lot more openly.
2: Yeah, I think, again, I think it played a really, really important part, you know. And so it's just a powerful tool, man, you know. People don't really realise that. People When people think of the punk movement, a lot, a lot of the time they do just think of like the outcome, you know. So mm. you mentioned the Oi! Bands and this, that, and the other. They just think of, like, you know, like, you know, just people screaming anger and this, that, and the other. But what they're not thinking about is where that's come from. You know, it's like at the end of the day, these people wouldn't be making music like this if they didn't have anything to kind of be screaming about, you know? Yeah. And like, so the music comes as a result of the circumstances. And so I just think those musics particular occupy the same period of time. And, like, and obviously you've got all of these different kind of demographics that are kind of feeling exactly the same pain you know and so as soon as they started to realize that they're kind of they're both in the same boat you know and musically they suit each other as well didn't they you know because it's like you got you know you could sit there after if you've you've just been sitting there listening to like a heavy heavy punk set you know trying to sit down spark up and have a chill you know and and so that's quite a common theme like i know loads of who drink buckfast and punks who smoke (laughs) 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 <laughs> I mean, was
0: that one of the things that kind of really pushed your your love of reggae or punk? Was the politics behind the music, or was it just something I liked the sound? I really enjoyed the sound. I the mean, both of those things it? come in,
2: don't they? You know, you couldn't make the music if you didn't like it. But for, I mean, for me personally, I kind of I couldn't really imagine not ever have you know like it's like social commentary and that you kind of you're living in a moment and there's things that bother you that affect you look at the world we're living in at the minute man it's fucked up you know yeah Like and the amount of kind of dodgy politics we're going on going on this out the other and music is an outlet you know it kind of allows you to really, really kind of vent that frustration in a way which kind of can gain popular kind of attention, you know, which can get everybody else on the same side. You know, there's lyrics, man. Every now and then somebody just writes a lyric and you're like, wow, you've absolutely pinned exactly what's going on in the world in that situation. And that breeds empathy and empathy breeds love, you know, it brings people together. So regardless, even if you're standing there screaming at a bunch of other fuckers who's screaming back at you, point is you're all feeling the same emotions together and you're all kind of, Able, it's much better than going out and just like punching someone's face in pissed, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Which is what a lot of other people do in order to get their kind of, yeah, to express that feeling. So yeah, I think music's very, very important thing to that. Moment.
0: But I, I mean, there's another counter argument to that though, is that at the moment, we are oversaturated with politics. Everyone talking about politics is very much in our lives at the moment, like Brexit, or whatever's going on in America, or whatever's going on in Europe. Is there a point where actually you just go, I I can't. I don't want to write about politics anymore because I'm oh, done yeah. with it. Or you, fuck it. This is what I believe in, and I don't care if you don't give a fuck. I still, I've got this mic, so therefore you're going to listen. Uh, I mean, do you want to ask this? I've been talking loads.
3: Of- you're a, li- you're a l- 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 lyric guy, but I personally like. I like love songs. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I like writing love songs. And and I think some of the best songs we've written are about girls and are about love because everyone can connect with that. Yeah. It's all good and well to have like borderline our political tune. It's good to state what you feel. But really, man, there's a lot more important stuff and love is that important stuff. I I think that's the thing that everyone can understand.
2: Tell me, the ladies, man. (laughs) 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 Do you know why? Tommy Scott makes a good point, though. There's that reality, like we're not a political band in the sense that we don't just have political output. You know, it's just like the nature of like this chat, this podcast, etc., etc. You know, like yeah, it's kind of of significance there, but like you can't really, you can't really control what ideas come to you. You know, sometimes a groove will come, and you're like. You know, like Grab My Hand for example, yeah. that's ne that's never gonna be like an anti establishment song, is it? <laughs> cha cha,
1: cha cha, cha cha, fuck you, fuck you. It's you know, so like so that's not
2: yeah, that's not really the case. So a lot of the time it kinda of depends on just the mood the band are in at the yeah. time, you know. And then for, as a as a as a songwriter, kind of yeah, you kind of you're a little bit straight jacketed in the sense that if you've got like a yeah, if you've got a, a nice soft groove that sounds like a love song, then it's gonna be a love song, you know. But, as I say, there's, it's very rare I can imagine sitting down writing 10, 12, however many songs you're putting on an album, and, you know, a couple of songs not being about that. And I do understand that lots of people kind of, you know, are sick of politics, are sick of this, that, the other. But then there's a shitload of pop bands out there, man. Take your pick. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, help yourself, man. It's like candy floss for your fucking soul. Enjoy it.
1: put up their fences to protect the border As if migration put a stop to world order They put up their walls just to keep the pouring Got hand of time, you know we'll bring them down It's a silent they're seeking a refugee crisis, running from soldiers, too tired to fight these Political forces sending dogs to the land, but the hand on time, you know we'll bring them down. It's about a battle, not a battle. Their noses, they don't want to see them, like they won't acknowledge fellow human beings. They say that if you're not from their country, then you'll have to leave town. Papa, hand that time, you know, we'll bring them down. It's time to speak open. I call what we live in. They forgot that Prince of they're no longer giving. They say that all men are equal, but Tony, if they're the right tribe, but the hand up time, you know we'll bring them down. It's a, a
0: So, Tommy, so how did the band end up being what it is? Well,
3: it's a load of us were at college in Colchester, yeah, and we're all living around Newtown area. Uh, Rochi the guitarist, and Scotty Dog, the keyboard player, and uh, we're just i have just wrapped up one band and we took the singer from that band and decided <laughs> to try and uh, do a bit of reggae. Yeah. And so it all started really as a project on computers, just messing around. But then it just happened really quickly. All of a sudden, you know, we had a few tunes together and we got a drummer in and then we got some brass in and it just went from strength to strength. And a fan come down to the studio and heard us playing... And then he come back a week later and said he booked us a show <laughs> <laughs> with a band called The Big. I don't know, Do you ever remember The Big? I do remember The yeah, Big. Yeah, like
0: they, used to, they used to tour band. with another band called um, The Rejects.
3: Yeah, The Rejects. Yeah. It was The Rejects and The Big. It was the same night. Yeah. We supported them. Our first oh, okay. show was yeah, supporting yeah. The Rejects and The Big. And I was just like, what? Oh my god, I can't believe it's the supporting these two.
0: Could the big the least thing the big used to have a such a husky, like proper Essex voice? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: Ed, big Ed, yeah, yeah. His name, yeah, awesome fella. Are they still going?
0: <laughs> uh, they... I
3: think Ed's actually. No, I did hear something racy. I think they have reformed. Oh, I nice. I know, I know Ed's been writing some wicked stuff actually, yes. Yeah.
0: Dabs, so when when you joined, you joined obviously, um, I say obviously, I'm reading this from my notes. Uh, you joined when uh, when Chris left, who was the That's other right. singer. How was it for you joining a band that They've been together for about, about eight years, is that right? About, about eight years? So those guys have already... Tight knit. You're someone new, and obviously being the front man, you can't like hide in the back and learn your craft. You, you're literally front and center. You are the person that everyone essentially is looking at to be entertained.
2: Well, it's one of them. Yeah, that it's, it's, that was really funny. I'll tell you the first show story in a second, but like, but yeah, I I mean I've been. I'm a musician, like for the best part of twenty years, you know, and I've like had projects in various countries, this that, and the other. So I've got already like I came into the project feeling as though I'd met some guys who were maybe at a similar point in their personal evolution musically, you know. So we were all kind of you know, we hit off pretty much straight away, didn't we? I got to the studio and like everyone was having a split. I was like, all Right, yeah, home <laughs> You know, so so the integration aspect was quite easy. I think in terms of like personal. Don't get me wrong. The first year or so, there was definitely like dynamic building kind of issues. You know, like kind of yeah. You know, like oh, you like that kind of music. Oh, you know, all that kind of stuff. We were like you know, <laughs> and then work. And you know, because it takes a long time to walk into a project and kind of you know, like everything changes when you walk into a project. It's like I change as a as a performer just because I'm kind of becoming. You know, like the singer within a specific project, but also the band changes just because of the you
3: know, the difference in like writing, for example. I and you know, like of, I've got to mention that because that was on. one of the biggest things when we found Dabs. I'd been real, you know, we have been pushing to write a lot more reggae around this time, and the old singer, you know, wasn't so into doing it. So that transitional point of getting Dabs in, all of a sudden the. Yeah, well, we could realise doing some proper reggae. His voice was great for it, so it was, that was one of the best things ever. All of a sudden, we could branch out and write mm. different styles of tunes because I could hold the melody down. So, it's, mm. yeah, that's
2: good. But you mentioned like the um, yeah, cheers, man. You mentioned the first. Um, the first gig was Rock City wasn't it is that yeah. right Nottingham my hometown then, Nottingham yeah yeah good yeah, town yeah. man yeah I lived in Nottingham for a while Did like, you? it's a good okay. place man That's even though place. I've been there once and said thank you Norwich like, <laughs> <laughs> I got like, hated after that gig as well but anyway but like I remember just because I'm always quite comfy on stage you know like and, you know just as a as a singer like, well just a musician in general you know you kind of you get used to that situation i've done quite a bit of teaching and stuff so i'm used to being like in an audience facing environment and just because i have never rehearsed as much for any gig That's that i've really ever hard. did yeah. as that as that first one just because at the end of the day i had like a new set of songs which were already well established so people know them and you know and i had maybe a month or two i can't remember to like learn them all like you know, really learn them yeah. inside out, you know. There is no human being who's listened to those first two Newtown Kings albums mm-hmm. as much as we no chance. None of the rest of the band, none, because they were constant, you know. So by the time the gig came up, I was like, yeah, this is going to be easy, bro. Like, you know, I just, yeah, I felt that. But obviously, yeah, support and walk off the earth, you know, 3,000 capacity, whatever it was, big show. And that, And I remember, and I do, and I just, I didn't feel any nerves, nothing like that at all. But... I knew the band must be just because it's a new singer. At the end of the day, you don't know what you're going to get, you know? So you're like, right, walking into this situation, it's like, oh, how's this going to go? Uh agent was there, you know? There was, was all that kind of, edge. you know? And I I just got, I really got a sense of everyone being nervy and like nervy musos often equals not quite so tight musos, you know? And so I was like, <laughs> oh, what are we doing? So I remember walking around beforehand, I don't know if I've told you about this, there was a big queue like Big queue cause it was like a you know, walk-off-the-earth gig, so like pop gig, you know, like loads of young kids and stuff. And um, I remember walking just down through the queue, just chatting with people. You right, guys? How you doing? Do you know about Newtown Kings? Oh, yeah, it's going to be great fun. And there was loads of girls in there. And I remember I told a bunch of the young girls that um, Rory, our sax player, was a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I said, look, when we come out on stage, if you could just like, you know just big him up a little bit. We love you, Ori You know, kind of <laughs> they made banners. They did all sorts. Oh, it was nice. really funny. So I just remember the first time we walked out, like the first, I'm like, you know, the first thing was, Rory, we love you, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great and everyone had a bit of a giggle and it kind of, you know, just felt to me like it settled the nerves yeah. a little bit. But I do not remember the gig in itself. It was just like another gig, really. But yeah, but, but I do get what you mean. There is quite a lot of pressure as the front man because people are like, well, what's going on? People people still make the comparisons with me, you know? And I I, I don't really like all that stuff just because like, end of the day, you know, like Chris was, what, we were singing for like six years, seven years, did a really good job. And the reality is like, I kind of, you know, I've jumped in and kind of and got to follow on with, like, the work that yous were all doing together. And so I can never... I mean, I've always got a lot of respect for other musicians, regardless of, like... Whatever, you know, but people often just because of the nature of humanity they always want to make those comparisons, you know. Yeah. So people come up to if we've had a really good gig, you know, people might come up to say, Oh, you're a brilliant man, you're much better. It's like, whatever, man. Like, for every person that's telling me that, there's somebody who's not telling me the opposite, you know, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I okay. just think that. And I, and I just and so I've never really liked that kind of comparison thing just because it's like, well, who wants to just be constantly compared to somebody else anyway, you know? It's like we are our own thing, and like to my mind, it's like it's like a new band now to a certain it extent is. just because you had that like year and a half period of not having a singer and so you kind of you know it's like going through and stepping through an airlock isn't it into another like planet kind of yeah. thing and yeah but so I enjoyed it I just enjoyed all that the only element for me is because I was actually planning on I played quite a lot of um like world music on the old guitar and I was planning on Brazil so I could like continue, oh, wow, okay, continue yeah. to learn some boss <laughs> <laughs> you know? and like yeah because I love all that I just love music man it's all good and like so I kind of all my plans kind of just got put on hold or stopped just as a result of like meeting you guys, you know, it was like, it was a nice little golden cage. That I saw, like, yeah. I'm, so I <laughs> spent like eight, nine years abroad, you know, and I was kind of yeah. planning to come back to UK for a couple of years and then piss off again. That was my vibe. But then you go, know, you find the right pro It was always going to be either love or the right project that would keep yeah. me somewhere, you know. And um, yeah, these boys were definitely the right project because here we are still like what, five years later. Half a decade, bro. So, oh, so, really old friends. I
0: think you'd be better to <laughs> an, uh, answer this, Tommy. How, what do you feel Dabs has actually brought to the band that's changed the dynamics?
3: Quite wise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it so much. Like, uh, when uh, we found you on Gumtree, that was one of the, nice. <laughs> one of the best things. I was flicking yeah. through Gumtree and I was like, this dude looks like he
0: could fit. He's either going to be really good or a mass murderer. Yeah, we'll roll the dice. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> i think the biggest thing was like
3: i like i said before we were really keen to try some more reggae and all the band were writing more reggae but it weren't working with the old singer to do that sort of stuff and he wasn't so into it so getting dabs meant we could really push that and this new album's really like a testament to it and the first EP we did to you as well uh, did with you as well Pull pull up rewind EP had couple of reggae tunes and luna rosa as well didn't it? so i remember at the time dave saying i don't want to be the guy that turns up and you know changes the new town kings into a reggae band Who want to hate me and it's like man we kind of we need to make that change and, and you've got a great voice you can do this and we started playing around with like gregory isaac's covers and stuff as well to sort of yeah. find our seat so yeah, we noticed straight away he had a really good voice for the reggae and the softer stuff as well. Like I said, I like love songs. It's right right, down-tempo, grooving. And your voice just carried it really well. So it gave us a whole new dynamic, a whole new set of writing that we could do.
0: So you kind of touched, do you need to do sound check? Uh, yeah. That's all right. Are you guys okay picking up after? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, well, well, we'll do a little intermission and then we'll come back. Why you always take?
1: You never give back. You taking all my money, got me living in a shack. You know it isn't fair. You know it isn't right. I let it go, don't wanna fuss, don't wanna fight. You begged, you borrowed, and you stole from me. I've always turned the blind eye down the years. When you're down, and that's the only time I hear you shout. When my days are dark, you disappear telling me to cut you out say you all the type of friend i don't need. man i wish you'd change your track because you know i got your back and
0: i've always been your friend indeed so why uh, good old introduction back from the intro uh, <laughs> so we just just on check. well i say we I, I did fuck all i'm just gonna sat at the back and listen yeah? yeah it was good standing i had a good perch strong stance could also, I could nearly be a member of parliament yeah. <laughs> with the stance I had there. Um, so we were talking about Reach Out, uh, the new album that came out. It came out in... It definitely came out. This year. <laughs> Sometime this year. Yeah, a few so months it, back. So yeah, it came out this bad. year, and I'm right and it came on local Colchester record label NTK Music.
3: <laughs> did we do it on our own label? We got our own label, have we? <laughs> yeah. Well, we were we were with Bomber. That's right. Yeah. But this this album, we ended up doing it all ourselves. We've done like, everything ourselves. Um, so yeah, I guess we did do it on our own label. Is it on NTK Music? That's what
0: comes up on Spotify.
3: Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, because we've done everything ourselves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this just in, <laughs> uh, we're, we're label <laughs> owners now, Tommy. big time. <laughs> 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 um so that album has seemed to have got a lot of traction and it seems to have really been reviewed very well in not only in punk's punk punk circles but also in ska and reggae zines and uh well the ones that i read anyway i didn't say anything that just said this is shit all of them were pretty like this is pretty decent so have you found the reception has been what you expected less than you expected because when a new album comes out and especially when it's the first album that you've done dabs and it's the first album you guys have done in a little while like did you put more pressure on yourself or was it like yeah whatever happens happens I mean I think it went maybe as well as we hoped it would go it was the biggest
3: change wasn't it this album musically was the biggest change so I think there was now all of us were excited and nervous wondering if old fans were going to sort of dig the more reggae vibe about it but I think on the like, I was going to say I think on the whole I think it went really well like I said earlier about seeing the, the fans that have carried on all the way through with us this album it was it was it seems they've enjoyed it more than the other two
2: I think as well because the band has got a really good it's what what 12, 13 years now So it's got, we've got a really really good strong like organic fan base you know and like, I mean it's still selling you know we check every morning and like the <laughs> the they are going out yeah. like and so I think obviously people have been waiting for the next album for us for a few years now and yeah there is that interest just as the new front man and all that stuff but i think like um and in this day and age as well you know because it's quite difficult to sell music these days yeah. you know and so just yeah for anybody to have bought one <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. is a bonus but yeah i'm really proud of it we've got quite a few like good radio plays you know like mm. people seem to be picking it up we've had some like quite, quite positive reviews from like some people that we've got quite a lot of respect for you know so well, so it feels know, right exactly like, you yeah. know so like World of a... Reggae picked it up um, Reggaeville we've had a lot of Reggae reviews like um, you know and it's just nice to kind of for people to take notice of like what we're doing. And like, it's nice to feel that people kind of care a little bit, you know? And so, yeah, it's also left us really hungry for the next one as well, you know? Cause we're like, yeah. right, well, come on, let's like, let's just keep this going now. Cause yeah, there has been like a bit of a, a dip in the productivity just with regards to losing your singer for like best part of two years, all yeah. that stuff, you know? And like, and I think where maybe we have lacked thus far, it's just been with our like output just because we've been kind of fusing together this new project, you know, mm. but this album felt like, you know, like the, it's like we got over that line now and so now we've got all of the we've ironed out all the little bits and bobs yeah. as well. You know, the whatnots to do. Yeah. Like you know where not to chuck thousands of pounds. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like where to chuck thousands of pounds, like namely in our own pockets instead of everywhere else. <laughs> like but yeah, so we're working out all of those things and we're kind of but I'm feeling really positive now. I was just chatting this morning, you know, and we were talking about like potentially, potentially like, you know, releasing something again in the very near future. We've got best part of an album's worth of material kind of there already, you know, and so. Yeah, the best thing that's come for me personally, this um of recording this album is just like literally work out because people have no idea how much work is involved in just like releasing them twelve thirteen songs. You know, yeah, everyone needs to be produced perfectly. This that the other, but then you've got singles. You need videos for them. You know, so it's like video production takes up a lot of time, effort, and money. You've got that. Then you've got all the PR stuff you've got to be doing. So you've got to be contacting. Them. I mean, yeah, you'll have a PR company maybe, but if you haven't got a PR company, you still need to be contacting all of these blogs, seems like you know, people like yourself, like you know, in all. Yeah. trying to to get like a bit of traction on the stuff. And so that's all a lot of work, you know, and like, and in addition to all that, the usual life stuff, but I think now we've just got to that point where we're like feeling like we're kind of quite a confident, well streamlined machine, you know? And so I think the songs are just going to keep coming from us
0: now. So, yeah, watch this space. And what about labels? Now, now that you guys have played a few festivals now and you you seem to be gigging constantly because obviously it's not as probably as intense as it used to be but still there's labels out there who want to make money from you and you want to use their... I mean, I think... I mean, you'll have something to say on this as well, I'm sure. Like, I personally
2: think that, like, yeah, after all the experiences we had with, like, uh, labels and stuff in the past, don't get me wrong with all good relationships with anybody we've ever worked with, you know, but, like... But there is... Uh, with the changing nature of like music industry digitization of stuff and this that the other and like with the internet and all the technology we have available to us now like it does it seems to be the case that it makes a lot more sense to kind of be doing all this stuff independently you know kind of it means everything kind of goes back to you at the end of the day you don't have to worry about kind of oversight you know people kind of chipping in with like people who aren't within the band kind of saying well actually no this isn't a song or this you know it's like better to make your own mistakes really you know that kind of a thing but um yeah i mean i don't know if like you know island records rock up tomorrow and say you go (laughs) like you know it's a different thing but yeah but the reality is like if it, it yeah it's really important to be able to find your own place without the need for all this other like infrastructure around you, you know. Because I plan on us being about for at least the next twenty, thirty years, you know, and like. And so, if we can't do it without a label support, then you know, there's not
3: really any there's point not to much it. much labels can do for you anymore? Either like, yeah, you know, unless unless you're talking big major labels, that are going to give you loads and loads <laughs> of money and fund PR campaigns and things like that. Really, you you're better off now to just put all your all your resources in one place and use them for yourself. So because you know even like them startup campaigns and things like that they're just a clever way for someone to take a percentage before you know they get they've just found a way to jump in the queue and get in right at the front of the line to take a percentage off of an artist's work.
0: So you're talking like going. Kickstarter and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah,
3: even even all of them sort of things. It's great to have control over everything you're doing yourself and and to make it you know bring it all back home for yourselves.
2: Mm. Like,
3: um, I think where potential for kind
2: of labels being really useful for artists is things like, I mean, don't get me wrong, we've got good distribution. this like the other one, we're really grateful for everything that we've got, if you know what I mean. But like, you know, there's like being on like a major label obviously opens up a lot of doors as far as stuff like that's concerned, you know, so it is with benefit. But like I say, the reality is like, yeah, you always used to be the dream, didn't it? As a musician, you kind of, you know, you'll put your stuff together, then there'll be some A&R from some like, you know, huge thingy just in the back Then they'll come up to you afterwards and say, hey, guys, you guys were amazing. You know, <laughs> this, that, the other. but like maybe 20 years ago that happened, but not so much. So these days, I mean, I
3: don't really, I, I, I don't know. How many
2: artists we know. do we know even who are on big labels? So There's maybe
3: the Kiko. tiny, isn't it? As well, like the, at the top of the chain in our reggae scene, you've got you know protege and Chronic's and people like that, and we're taking up a tiny area of the music scene. Even the the very top of the chain, people is a tiny area. Of, of this whole scene so really if you you've got to do it yourself is there isn't any anr man running around wanting to give you loads of money to send your <laughs> reggae band <at> incidentally <laughs> R
2: men out there with loads of money available to you
3: <laughs> if you are listening it's
0: www.newtankings.com come find us uh yeah it'd be nice to hear from you, you you've spoken about costs and this is is a bit of a crash question so if you don't know that answer that's fine okay, but like with a band that does have eight members how do you guys make money? Because you've got to distribute that between yourselves, and then obviously van costs and everything else. Most of
2: the money that we make as a band goes back into the project. You yeah. know, like it costs a lot to be in a band, particularly as like you, you know, you go up through the level, so to speak. Because like, yeah, people don't realise the amount of like musicians that they would recognise. You know, it's crazy for me, man. I remember when I first joined this band, I was like, you know, I was unemployed for a bit. And I was on job seekers, and I literally, I was getting. I had autographed, I've been autographed on my way to pick up my doll check, you know, <laughs> like, like that has happened to me in my world. You know, we all have to, and so we all have other jobs. I do quite a lot of solo work, you know, like we all do stuff mm. like in order to be able to put the vast majority of the money that the band makes back into the project. You know I mean? That's not totally, just, that is literally where I, I can, Think of so many projects that have kind of you know a lot of time you wonder these bands and they look like they're doing really well and then all of a sudden they just stop being you know and the actual reality is is it's because there's so little money in it for musicians at the moment you know and like so you do it for the love of the project really like with the hope and expectation that like your fees keep increasing that your kind of profile gets bigger and this that the other to the point whereby you are kind of you know regularly, regularly headlining. Stadium tours. And- <laughs> okay, well, won't be not quite that. Hard, but you know, you get my point. Yeah. There, you know, it's a builder. You don't join. You don't become an engineer just because of the fact that you've gone and you've got a degree. You know, you do that degree, and then you spend ten, fifteen years trying to ply in your trade. And then, if you're lucky, you get a break, and you kind of, you know, you get. Yeah. So that's kind of it's exactly the same for a and musos. You know, and there's a lot of people kind of. Are quite surprised by the reality of that, you know, because they might see you in a music video and think, wow, you guys have arrived, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, but we kind of...
3: Yeah Do we, you still want to buy his dinner?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Getting back Mate.
3: from a tour on a Sunday night, you're on a building site on Monday morning, yeah. there's, there's one hell of a come down, It's say, like, yeah, about am toying with the slackers, now I'm shoveling tons of
2: rubbish. Is it? Yeah, 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 <laughs> cycle Can't courier work. for me, you know, the amount of times, like, you kind of, you will, you'll get back, I've got a little family as well, you know, so maybe we'll go away two, three days. It's going to happen now, actually. Literally, I'm going to do this gig. We're playing, where are we, O2? We're going to do an O2 gig tonight. I'm going to finish the show half eight, nine o'clock, leg it back down to Victoria. I'll be on the bus back to Cardiff where I live. Get home for two, three o'clock, missus is working tonight, so I know I'm gonna wake up with a baby seven in the morning. <laughs> like morning will happen, one, two o'clock I'll be like, Well, I should probably get out to work, so I'll get out to work, do that for the next four days and then we're playing Birmingham on Friday, I think it is. Yeah. You know, so then i will be back for that and it is it's literally like you have to be able to yeah, live a duality normal. of lives yeah. and you have to be able to manage that. You have to have a partner that's loving and caring and understanding, you know, or just not have one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of that stuff. Or like I have yeah. several who are oh, loving so and understanding yeah. in different cities, like <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Tommy, you letting your secrets out now, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, with a lot of help from a lot of other people is the answer, yeah. you know, and with yeah. a lot of, like... And help from each
3: other as well. We, yeah, man. Because it is really tiring, like, sharing driving and things like that. We've all had to take our sort of... Yeah. Our go at sitting behind the wheel, and it's really, really hard work. In the earlier days, it was, it was worse. We used to, you know, drive 14 hours to the Czech Republic play a show for a it's mental the money you get paid to do it it's like you've got to love it you've got to want to do this or or don't bother because you want to have that longevity that's right Yeah, Yeah, yeah yeah as well
2: like you know you have to be aware of the fact that it's like well this needs to be sustainable and like and so and yes, yeah, so you need to see improvement week, week out, month in, month out. You need to see that kind of, yeah, those numbers are increasing. Yeah, people are buying the music. You yeah, you need to know that you're affecting people because otherwise you're just like, it's a hobby, you know? Yeah. And, that, and no hobby should take up much of your time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the yeah. new town kings, I guarantee <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, we're going to start wrapping up soon, but one of the questions I wanted to ask you is that you guys, we spoke about it briefly earlier on, about the bands that you've toured with. So you spoke about the slackers, the Agri-lites. um, You've toured with the skints. Uh, one more band I did write down: Robic Fish. Like touring these guys, are, are you just sat there and taking in what they're doing? Especially the older guys who like Robic Fish and the Agrolites, Are you are you kind of going, oh, okay, this is how they're doing it. Maybe we shouldn't do it like this, or maybe we should. Do you ask them for advice? Yeah. Do they feel like they come across to you and start talking to you, like, calm down, grandad? Like I don't, I don't need this right now. Like what? What kind of relationships do you have with these guys? And well, like
3: particularly the slackers. I, yeah. I was really lucky when we formed the Kings. I had been following the slackers all around Europe and all around England. I basically just it was like a bad smell. I wouldn't go. There. <laughs> <laughs> so I befriended them, and we became really good friends. And from from then, they're always like the first album dave gave me a load of pointers on brass structure and things like that and they're always we're really really lucky to be able to have bands like the slackers and the agglites and some of these other bands to go to and ask for straight up advice that dave was offered to produce the last couple of albums which i'd I'd love him to do it'd be a very different style of production for our other albums but yeah it's it's great to be able to ask advice from them people straight you know it's
2: it's not just like the older ones as well like I think of like you mentioned the Skints for example like there's some bands out there like we love the Skints I mean they're good guys you know they're mates Mm -hmm. but we love them just because they're so good you know there's that reality like the tightness of them you know like love all like the little vocal bits that Jamie does all of that you know they're really really kind of good and so that's inspirational do not matter like it doesn't matter how like bigger band is it doesn't matter how long they've been going for like everything now- like we're playing with imperial Leisure today and there's a couple of songs i was listening to so I was like yeah man that's a really good idea we you know like yeah and so you, you if you don't have that mentality that you can learn from everyone and anyone all the time you're gonna stagnate you know yeah and you really are and yeah don't get me wrong learning isn't just about seeing the good things you know it's about going wow <laughs> <laughs> like come really you're yeah. gonna do that you know, it's like, oh, I do stuff that's a bit like that sometimes. Maybe I need to tone that element of myself down a bit, you know. And so you do. you just constantly, it's like any job, you know. I've mentioned that if you're a doctor, you know, like then you kind of see what the other good doctors do and you do that, you know, and you don't do what the bad doctors do because otherwise you get malpractice suits so and you don't have a job anymore. But, like, you know, <laughs> but, but so, yeah, so I just think there's always learning to be done. And, yeah, we're really lucky in the sense that we've got, like, some really good friends that we look up to and
0: respect. Yeah. Uh, there was a period around early 2000s, whereabouts. Scar Reggae threatened to really push to the mainstream. So people like Random Ham, we spoke about yeah. earlier on, Sonic Boom 6, JB Conspiracy. Those are really pushing like to become more mainstream into the charts. They were getting played on Radio 1. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of like died down and then no one seemed to care anymore. But now, there seems to be that momentum again. You said the Skints, who are... Just for me, not just one of the best punk reggae, ska bands, just one of the best bands, yeah, UK brilliant. bands going right now. Um, you also got Treehouse Fire, who I'm a fan of as well, as well as yourselves. Can you feel that momentum? Can you feel that there's a love now to really step away from what predominantly has been trashing the charts for quite a while and people really want to actually listen to soulful meaningful music again. i
2: think so i think kind of like we talked about politics and stuff earlier on i think there's often like a cycle whereby you know like i think reggae music ska music punk music i think it comes to the absolute four like when people are undergoing like social tension social stress you know when there's a lot of kind of negative stuff going on in the world i yeah. definitely think there's more more of a desire for less like um I don't want to be disparaging to, like, the pop industry and this, like, the other, you know, but often, kind of, you know, it's quite plastic, kind yeah. of bubblegummy, kind of, you know, and people are into that, and, like, and also, there's, like, the reality of, you know, like the main... list demographic of people that are listening to music kind of is slowly maybe getting a little older you know like so i think more kind of people kind of in the early mid-20s late 20s kind of are invested in music now whereas a lot of the pop world is obviously caters towards like teens young people yeah. and, like the other. and so all of that changes you know but definitely like there's like a big reggae revival in jamaica at the minute you mentioned like chronics protege Kabaka pyramid those kind of bands mm-hmm. you know and so yeah there is like but you never want to kind of sit there and think, right, this is it now. It's happening, you know, because mm. maybe it happens and then it doesn't happen. And, and so for us, for me, it's all about just like just keeping on going, man. You know, like I've got enough confidence in our music. That, like, there's always going to be somebody that's interested, you know? Yeah. And so, you just kind of, you've just got to ignore all of that to a certain extent. Like, hope for it, don't get me wrong. It'd be great if I was kind of the next person who interviews me is like Jules Holland, you know? Like, no but, insult, uh, that's fine. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the point being, though, you know, like, every artist hopes that they're going to eventually kind of crack it and, like, yeah. you know, world tours and filling stadiums and this, that, like, the other. Uh, but, you know, to an element, that's pie in the sky, though, you know,
0: and I think it's really important to just enjoy what you're doing. So with this momentum that's possibly coming, what, what's coming in 2019? You've spoken about that you want to record another album. Uh, is thats is that you've already booked in time and you're going to start doing that? And then festival season is always big for bands because that's when you make a bit of money.
3: We've well, yeah, we got an early, early tour around Europe. Like, is it February, I think? Maybe, yeah. February, March sort of time. Yeah. We'll, Going for a couple of weeks around Europe with Long Beach Double Stars, really looking forward to that because uh, again, like the European the European circuits, a lot better. Yeah, and going out of a band like that as well. That's exactly the feel like affiliation I was saying about before. American bands and British bands all doing the same thing, getting out around Europe and yeah, looking forward. So to I that think there's that. There'll be a big summer
2: festival season, obviously. Yeah, we would like to maybe try to chuck out the next album like late summer. I think like. That's the vibe, yeah. We're in the planning process, so you know, so you can say, Yes, well, 7th of June, we're gonna have this, like, (laughs) but yeah, we've got enough music to be doing that, and we've definitely got the kind of momentum now and the mentality, like, to just keep chucking out that music, you know. So, who knows, man? Just because the reality is, with every single release, like, different opportunities come up, you know, and like, but yeah, I definitely think, as you were saying, like, like, jamming with like new bands, you know, like, getting out there and kind of, yeah, just it does feel like there is that progression of like um, people try and move back into liking this kind of music now, you know, like, yeah. and it is, it's always cyclic, you know, like there was a seventies beginning two thousands. Like you say, it's like, you know, it happens, seems to be happening in like 20, 25 year periods. And like, yeah. So if it does happen, we're here and we're ready. You know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the vibe. And like, if it doesn't, we'll be here and we'll be ready. Like,
0: Well, yeah. when you're playing Reading and Leeds festival and you've, after you've spoken to Jules Holland, come find me and we'll do this again thank you so much for your time guys you've been very generous and uh, yeah it's been great thank you thank you very much
1: Tommy was the big man his face known the island wide. Always had a new pretty woman by his side But a lady's love burns hot, should you dare to ignite And Tommy found back to his peril one Friday night i tell you right now, oh boy If you play with fire, the shark you get ¡Suscríbete
0: Thank you to Dabs and Tommy for their time. Newtown Kings will be playing the New Cross Inn on June 15th in London. So if you're in town, make sure you go check it out. Uh, links for that gig is up on the uh, bio of this podcast. Right, that's it from me. Buy a t-shirt and support the pod. Tell four friends about this podcast. Go spread the word. Go rate and review on iTunes and don't be a cunt. Playing at the show this week is a band called Thinks Constant coming at you from Harrisburg, pennsylvania so check them out if they're playing in your area i'm out of here if you go to a punk show and you see someone fall down you pick them right back up until next time bye-bye
4: we need a new day not a reckless rude day. we need a thinking rude day not a careless rude day i'll calculate your move. Cause a needless violence is a needless waste. Don't move too fast, get them back in the face. Get them health up and put them in their place. I think Rudy, lost a nerve. When the hammer falls, not a word is heard. I think Rudy, lost a nerve. When the hammer falls, not a word is heard. Shot beats another dead kid When the one you want to get Man, he stays hit Fury in your face Man, over did Any meaning to your act Will be invalid I think Rudy lost nerve When the hammer falls Not a word's heard So just do what you please Not-